Hey lady, it's Dr. Dom here. If you like this show and you want to make your own, let me tell you about the free platform Anchor. It's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. You can add songs from Spotify and create any type of content that you are looking for. Anchor will distribute it all for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, the piece that we often don't talk about is we can get closure, but that closure from the relationship does not involve the other person. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey lady, it's Terry here from Cultivating Her Space. Are you tired of working hard for your money? Do you want your business to run smoothly when you're out of office? If you want to learn how to automate your business cash flow and increase your impact and influence, join me for my free workshop at brandwithterry.com. Again, that's brandwithterry.com. My name is spelled T-E-R-R-I. Hope to see you there, lady. All right. Our quote of the day. I'm thankful for my struggle because without it, I wouldn't have stumbled across my strength. And that quote comes to us from Alex L. And lady, if you are on Instagram, then if you are not following Alex L, then you definitely should because she constantly posts inspirational quotes. And I think that this quote is just really fitting for the conversation that we're going to have today. So T. When you hear this quote, what comes up for you? Well, you know what? It just makes me think about my life, but also the lives of so many people that I know, where there's another quote that says something like, you don't know how strong you are until being strong is your only option, right? And it makes me think about those instances where we go through something and we look back and like, yo, how did I get through that? You know what I mean? Yes. I was talking to a friend recently. And he just got out of a really bad relationship and he's better and not bitter. And he was just talking about how it was just so nice and refreshing to hear his perspective because he was saying how, you know, now that I'm out of that relationship, it allowed me to develop skills, right? Like more self-esteem, yeah, um, being able to see like red flags in future relationships and allow me to see what I don't want. And it also allowed him to 
come to grips with who he is and have the strength that this quote talks about. So I love this quote. It definitely brings back memories in my own life. But I'd love to know what does it, what does it say to you when you hear this quote? It says all of that that you just shared, right? Like to me, what it brings up is I am grateful for whatever I've gone through, right? Even if in the moment it was nerve wracking, fear inducing, whatever the emotions were that came up, right? Or maybe even right after, because that's normal to have those feelings, right? Like right after I'm like, F that person, like, I'm glad to be done with that shit, like, F that person, that's the truth of the Well, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're going to keep it all the way, fuck that person, fuck that dude, like, fuck him, right, like, that's the real that can come up, right, but I think that after some time has passed, because I'm just going to be real, like initially mm. afterwards, that's the thought, right? Like, fuck him. Or like, I'm so grateful to just be out of this relationship because of whatever yeah. was happening, right? But then after yeah. a while, I can look back and I can say, I'm thankful that I had this experience because it showed me things about myself that I might not have mm-hmm. otherwise dealt with right that part is so powerful when i think about toxic relationships and i think about like our conversation today i do want to like remind us you know good friend of the podcast elisa bokeen she has the quote on instagram that i thought was so fitting for this conversation right just a reminder that Not every relationship that ends is toxic, right? Right now, we seem to be in a phase. It seems to be trendy to use that word to describe any relationship that we've just gotten out of, right? That, oh, I'm so happy to be out of that toxic relationship. But I would encourage us to really like step back and think about that relationship and ask yourself, was it truly toxic? Or were we just not aligned? And that's why the relationship needed to end, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's a lot of that. Yeah, that's a really good point. The thing about it is sometimes when these concepts or certain words become buzzwords, they're just overused and it sort of dilutes the meaning of it. Like we hear toxicity so much. We hear, you know, just so many different words. I can't think of any. I can't think of other ones, like narcissism. Like, yes. Let's use that one, right? Everyone's like, oh, this person's a narcissist. And it's like, that ah, really? Like, it might just be an asshole. You know what I mean? So I think right. that a lot of this stuff is overused. But Tom, can we dig into something really quickly? You ever, like, find yourself in a situation and then you look back on it years after and you're like, damn, I can't believe I went through that or I put up with that or I had that perspective. I if we just like take a moment and kind of zoom in on perspective yes. and how it can just shift and change so much based on life experience. Like I look back and I'm a very you know confident person today compared, especially compared to who I was before. And of course, you know, I have rough days like everyone else and there are things I'm insecure about, but overall, like I'm just, I love myself and I'm a confident individual. 
I struggled so much with those self-esteem in the past and self-hate and a lot of other just negative self-defeating thoughts and patterns. And I put up with some bullshit in the past. And I think back to the stuff I put up with and I'm like, yo, I would never in a million years do that today. And it just makes me think about how sometimes when we're in those situations, it really seems like, I don't know, it's just so different. You know, like we think this is, this is what it is. Like this is, this is the relationship I'm in. This is all I can maybe have, right? This is all I'm worth. And just, I wonder what that gap is between that point in time and then where we might evolve to, you know what I mean? Can can you relate to that? Does that make sense? Yeah, I think, you know, when you were saying that, I thought about one of our real recent episodes, season 10, episode five, calling out or calling in a conversation about Mm -hmm. cancel culture. And I think about, you know, at the time that we're recording this episode, Chrissy Teigen has been in the news a lot because of things that she posted online in the past. Now, I haven't gone in and read all the articles and all of that. Didn't have time to do all that. But what you were saying reminds me of that, right? That like how we are constantly evolving as people. And when I say evolving as people, I mean on an individual level, but also on a societal level, right? Because the thing is, is that some of the things that we did 5, 10, 15 years ago, some of it was a product of where we were individually. And so we naturally had some growth and development. But some of it was also being a product of our environment and what was the culture at the time, right? Like what was really part of the environment at that time? Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And I think you're absolutely right. And yeah, I mean, that's spot on. I think about even the music, right? And I don't know, I, I, we, we already dove into this, but it's just, it's crazy when when you think that you could potentially be reduced to a moment that you had years ago when things were so different. You know what I mean? I like that statement that you had right there, right? Of like how you can be reduced to a moment that you had years ago. Yeah. And I think about how that ties into like dating. Mm-hmm. So I think about how maybe a moment in time where I did something to a partner that if someone looked back and only looked at that experience, what they would say, how they might judge is not reflective of who I am today. And so I think I also try to think about that with dating as well, right? That one snapshot of what someone did one moment in time might not be reflective of who they are in their totality, right? For sure. Like, I think if anything, it's like, it's information. So I might not automatically write someone off and say, oh, no, hell no, I ain't dating him. He told me this. Nah. Until I hear the whole story, mm-hmm. until I get like full context. Yeah. 
No, that makes perfect sense. I'm with you. It's definitely, I feel like we've said this so many times in our previous episodes, like the human experience is so complex, right? It's just very complex. So I know we're going to dive into signs of a toxic relationship and also there's a juicy question of how did you start dating after a relationship ended and was there a strategy? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> so should we dive into the signs first? Yes. So, you know, I know that we've talked about in previous episodes about how to identify a narcissistic partner. Right. So that's also in season 10. So season 10, episode two, season 10, episode three, where we talk about narcissism and we bring on the narcissism expert, Dr. Romney. Like, I just love her. Like she dropped so many gems. And so I think narcissism is definitely a sign of toxicity. Right. Mm -hmm. Narcissism looks like gaslighting, isolation, dishonesty. And you can have someone who is not narcissistic, but also displays some of those signs as well, right? So that ties into part of unhealthy communication. So when someone is dishonest, the communication that you all engage in is passive aggressive, or you use silent treatment as a tactic. Your partner or you is constantly criticizing one another. Or when you all talk, you're defensive. Like you always feel the need to be defensive. That's signs of unhealthy communication and unhealthy communication is toxic. Jealousy is another one. A happy, healthy relationship, there's not going to be, you're not jealous of your partner. They're not jealous of you. And then, of course, we want to definitely point out abuse, whether it Mm -hmm. is Sexual, physical, financial, or emotional, any form of abuse is definitely toxic. You know, when we talk about these things, um, I'm always, there's always this thing in the back of my mind, like, well, this is not like absolute. And I guess the way that I think about it is if you're unhappy more times than you're happy, or if things are going bad more times than they're going good, then that's probably also a telltale sign. Cause I feel like sometimes we have instances of, you might be a little jealous, right? Maybe like, you know, your yes. boo, we talked about this before. Don't judge me y'all. Cause this is just the first thing that comes to my mind, but your boo is working with big booty Judy and you saw her at the holiday party. <laughs> and maybe you're just like, I feel like big booties are just in right now. So I'm just like, it's a good example. But yeah, you're just like, man, I'm feeling some kind of way, you know? My partner's with this, you know, with this person. They're hanging out a lot, whatever. You might have instances where you might be a little jealous. Or you might have instances where you're like, you know what? I was being petty and I gave my boo the silent treatment. Right. Do you think that that necessarily means that it's a toxic relationship? No. Or is that maybe a toxic moment? Okay. Yes, that's, 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 that's a moment. But yes, yes, I appreciate I that clarification. No, I would agree. Because I feel like we, we kind of ebb and flow sometimes out of different you know, toxic moments as yes. we are all, you know, trying to become our best selves and do better. But I think that you made a good point. There are certain relationships where this is a common theme. This is the foundation of the relationship. So Dom, let's dive up into the tea right now and talk yes. about 
dating after a relationship ended. Now, I have not been in this game for a minute, so I'm trying to think back to these experiences. <laughs> and I don't think I have the best advice, but I'd love to talk about your experience first, and then I'll talk about mine. Yes. So I think about my 20-year-old self, right? Mm-hmm. And I know the phrase that I'm about to share is one that a lot of folks can relate to. The the best way to get over one is to get under another, right? Mm-hmm. And that talks about rebounding, right? That like yes. you are upset, devastated, whatever the feelings are about this one relationship ending. And so the sentiment is that, well, if you want to be happy again, go get somebody else, right? Mm-hmm. And I do recall trying that in my 20s, right? Oh, yeah. Like that was like a mantra of like, okay, well, this relationship is done or this situationship or whatever was happening. This person mm-hmm. is done. On to the next one. Yeah. And I think for me and from other folks that I've talked to, you know, through like clients, you know, in therapy, it's problematic. It's so problematic, yeah. right? Yeah. It's rare that your rebound person becomes your lifelong person. Right. Mm. Rare. Rare, like, you know, we all trying out for the NBA. It's a hundred of us trying out for the NBA. And we already know that of the hundred of us trying out, only three of us are actually going to make it. Right. Right. So the odds are slim as hell. Oh, for sure. And so for me, that's when I think about it like that, from that perspective, mm-hmm. I'm not a big gambling person or huge mm-hmm. risk taker, right? Like I'm not that person that is taking those big, big risks. So my older evolved self says, nah, we're not doing this rebound, right? Yeah. Because if I'm rebounding, like my relationship ended on Friday and I'm like, I'm hopping back in that dating game on Monday. Like I'm hopping back on the apps. I'm going out like I'm, you know, doing all the things. What I know is that if I do that, I'm going to end up repeating the same cycles. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Child, you know what that reminds me of, Dom? Do you ever take a vacation? And you kind of have like a back-to-back vacation. Yes. So after my honeymoon, I there was a speaking engagement. And it was like a speaking tour. And so literally right after we came back from the honeymoon, my husband drove me to the air. He drove me home to pack my stuff. And the next day we were out back to go to the airport so I could fly out and do this speaking tour. And I remember being excited about it. But also it was one of those things where I was like, yo, this is a lot. And it was, it was kind of like fun in the moment. But when I look back on it and I think about it, I didn't even, I barely had a chance to unpack my bag and like take my luggage out, clean my home, get grounded before I was off on this new journey. And it was, it didn't really give me a chance to um, like center myself. You know what I mean? I feel like sometimes that's how rebound relationships can be. It's like, 
you know, sometimes we go on vacation and you're like, I need the vacation from the vacation. But yes. if you really have a chance to like be and to process and to think about, you know, what happened in this relationship? What did I learn? How can I be better? Right? Like, how am I showing up in relationships? All that stuff. It can, like you said, it makes it easier for you to repeat the cycles and the patterns. And I don't know about you, but a life without self-reflection and introspection to me feels extremely, I don't know, concerning is the word that comes to mind to me. Because I just feel like I just be kind of tossed, Floundering. you know, to and fro with the wind. Yeah, mm-hmm. just like, exactly. Just literally floundering. Like, where am I going? What am I doing? And yeah, I think it's okay to have fun, you know, in, if you're dating. It's just like, oh, this is nothing serious. But know that you're out there to do that. You know what I mean? Don't find yes. out when you're like in the midst of all the situations. You're like, well, this person didn't call. Like, I guess, I guess I'm just out here trying to figure it out. You know, I don't know if that makes sense, but that's what it makes it me does. think about. Yeah, it, it makes, it makes perfect sense to me that like, so it takes me back to our season one, episode four, where we like talk about mm-hmm. healing from a toxic relationship, right? So. Yes. Oh my gosh. Lady, if you haven't checked that out, please do so. Like that is a really good episode, right? And so, but I think it's important, right? Like, so in that episode, we talked about like, you know, feeling the feelings, like whatever the emotions come up, like allow yourself to feel those Mm -hmm. feelings, get to know yourself, which I think that's kind of what you were like getting at, right? Like the combination Mm -hmm. of getting to know yourself and feeling your emotions, right? Yes. And noting the lessons learned so that you don't, hopefully, you don't repeat them, right? And then securing that support system, you have your girls, like, who you know, at least I do. Let me speak for myself. I have those girls that I know (laughs) that will hold me accountable. And if I'm messing up, or I'm going off script from what I said, you know, needed to happen. They're going to pull me back in. Right. Mm-hmm. In addition to being the shoulder to cry on and things like that. Right. Yeah. But then the other piece too, the piece that we often don't talk about is we can get closure, but that closure from the relationship does not involve the other person. That- Part right there, Dom. Okay. Can we lean into that for a second? Because I feel like oftentimes I used to always think that you needed to have a conversation with the other person. We gotta talk to them. You gotta, you gotta, like, we have to come together and like talk this out. And no, it doesn't always, it doesn't always end that way. Sometimes you have to have closure with yourself. Yes. And that's it. That's it. That's all. Like (laughs) you, yourself and yourself. Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) Like it doesn't exactly. It doesn't have to involve the other person. I mean, and sometimes it may involve the other person in the sense that you write a letter to them. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But that letter doesn't get mailed. Right. Sometimes it doesn't. Mm -hmm. You know, like, so it's about, it's really, the closure is really for you. Yes. And oftentimes I think it means, yes, yes, permission given, (laughs) yes. Okay. If we spend our time waiting for that other person so that we can have closure, either we're going to get sucked back into the relationship that we know is unhealthy, Mm -hmm. or 
we're going to be missing out on opportunities to heal because we are focused on what this other person is doing. Right? That or even sometimes I think we use the closure or the, the desire for closure or the need for closure as procrastination. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yes. like you need this other person to acquiesce in order for you to move on. No, you can literally do it by yourself. You don't need permission. And I think that, like you said, oftentimes it's like when you, sometimes when you make up your mind, you're like, okay, I'm done with this relationship. That's when they come calling back. That's when they right. come with the flowers and the chocolates and the all, all of this it. stuff. That's yes. how it works. Okay. Just like showing you all the attention, doing all the things that you said you wanted them to do. And so now that we're talking about some of the flowery things about <laughs> dating, let's talk about how to get back into the dating game after toxic relationships. Well, the first thing that I want to point out is that mm-hmm. we don't want to view it necessarily as a game, right? Mm-hmm. So when I think about that, when I think about words and how we attach meaning to words, okay, right? If we look at it as a game, then it becomes like this, this chasing, this cat and mouse, right? Or it becomes like this, like playing a sport. Right. And while I might, like sometimes when I'm explaining relationships to folks, I might use like a basketball analogy. But I've started to pull back from that because even though I'm using that analogy in terms of understanding, like if you're dating multiple people, I've pulled back from that because I don't want folks to be confused with how we approach it as like a game. Yeah. Because that's not the case. Like if you want to have a healthy relationship, you're not approaching it from a game mentality. Because mm-hmm. a game mentality is about I have to win. Mm. And I have to play. You know what I mean? You know how people yes. play games in relationships. Don't nobody want to be playing no games. And you know what? I think you're right. Like it's all about perspective. Like we talked about earlier. If you see it like a game, it's going to be a game. Now, if somebody's playing games, you could just be like, "All right, juicy. This is right. not. This is not what I signed up for." You know what I mean? But when it comes to, we talked about manifestation in a few of the episodes, and so I think that that first tip that we have around knowing your goal yes. in the relationship. It's really key. Sometimes your goal is just to have some fun. Okay. Right. Sometimes you're like, you know what? I just want to have some fun. You might want to, let's be real. Sometimes you're like, you know what? I just want to have some fun. I just want to be this person, be a little nasty. And that's it. Be, yes. Have some adult fun and boom. And that's cool. But just know what you're doing. And then sometimes you're like, you know what? I think this might be the future. This might be my, my person or these might be my people. Cause we got our, our episodes about, yes. you know, polygamy and all that. Just know what you're what you're doing, you know, know why you do what you do. Exactly. And I think that that lends to like our second tip of have clear communication about everybody's wants and needs. Right. Mm -hmm. So both parties will be clear. And I say both because, again, I'm talking about like the one on one communication. Both parties are going to be clear about what it is that they want. So if I meet you and I say that, 
you know, what I'm looking for is eventually getting to a committed relationship, then that means that I am looking for getting, looking and making moves to get into a committed relationship. And then I, for myself, can define what that means to move towards a committed relationship, right? So does that mean that after three dates, I'm only dating you, Mm -hmm. right? Or does that mean that I'm dating multiple people and keeping my options open to see who aligns best with me, right? Mm -hmm. But I'm communicating all of that to any person that I'm talking to. I love that. And Donna made me think of a story. So I'm going to tell you the story in the after show because it's a little long. Okay. So we're going to dive into that a little later. But I do want to touch on number three here, which is listen to your body and instincts. And I mean, we've talked, I think we've talked about this before on the podcast, but our body will speak to us. Like our body really speaks to us. And I think it's yes. so important for us to recognize when our intuition is giving us a, a hint about something. Yes. When our intuition or our gut is telling us something, you know how you ever just be with someone and you're like, something don't feel right. Okay, well, guess what? That is a sign. That is that is your body communicating. Yeah, Like, you didn't just make that up. Something don't feel right. You ever be walking, I mean, this is a little random, but like walking down the street and you're like, I feel like somebody's watching me or someone's behind me or like someone, mm-hmm. I'm just saying right, or you're in a setting or with someone, with a new person and maybe you're like, I can't put my finger on it, but something about this person just isn't, you don't have to wait to find out what that is, nope. okay? Nope. Like, if your body is telling you that something ain't right, and you got your skin, your hair on your arms, raise it, just move on, right? Exactly. But then no questions asked, the inverse, walk away. No questions asked. But the inverse is correct, too. Like, if you feel like, man, this feels really good. Like, I feel super safe. This feels really positive. Wow. This person's not really my type, but I feel like we really connecting. Then again, listen to your body. Yes, I agree with that. I think that listening to our body is is super important. But then so our last tip is get to know the person, right? Because, you know, this is after you've listened to your body and your body is, you know, not giving you any signs that you need to run. But if your body is giving you signs that, you know, it's okay, we're safe, we're good. Take time to get to know the person, right? Mm -hmm. Like really get to know them. So more than just their favorite color, right? Think about, go back to what your goal is. If your goal is we just going to be sex buddies, then Mm -hmm. you get to know what they like regarding sex, right? But if, you know, but let's say your goal is we want to move towards a committed relationship, then get to know all the little things that matter to them, like their routine. Are they a morning person Mm -hmm. or a night person? Is that something that you can work with? Do they see themselves being married? Do they want to have children, right? Mm -hmm. What are their career and professional goals? What are their spiritual beliefs? 
What do they like to have for breakfast in the morning? Because that could be a deal breaker for some people, right? Mm-hmm. Like little things. Okay, two things I just thought of real quick. Now, let's add a little asterisk underneath. Now, I one of my pet peeves is people snacking when they eat. Go to dinner with this person and see how they eat. Because you might be like me and you might be like, yo, I can't stand on people chew with their... Nah, that would be a deal breaker. Yes. Like if, I, I know people who chomp with their mouth, their mouth open, open. Like you can see the food. We would not, we couldn't probably couldn't even be friends or we just can't eat around each other because I can't do it. But the other thing is, another little asterisk, watch how they treat people who can't do anything for them. Yes. Yo, when people, when we go out and someone treats the server or the server's doing something for them, but you know, even it's like the way they treat a homeless person or the way they treat, you know, someone who is providing a service even, if they're mean to that person, that's a deal breaker for me. And I'm yes. like, we are all human beings here. Like, I just, I don't like when people, do, when they when they have this sort of superiority complex and they think that they're better than someone who's in, a, you know, a certain position. That is definitely a red flag. So beware, you know, lady, watch out how, how that prospective partner treats people around y'all when you go out, whether it's the server or the hostess or just someone on the street. Like, just watch how they, how they interact with folks like that because that says a lot. Yes, I definitely agree with that. Yes, what are your pet peeves? Mm-hmm. What are the things that you are really passionate about? Yes. And see how they relate to you on those things, right? Because again, that goes to the little things that we don't mm-hmm. always think about. But the more you get to know a person, those are the things that you're like, When y'all decide, because we're, you know, in a pandemic and in a lockdown, hopefully let's, let's pray that that doesn't happen again in our lifetime. But, you know, let's say that you're in a situation where you all are having to share each other's space for an extended period of time Mm -hmm. that wasn't planned. Mm -hmm. And hell, sometimes even planned a vacation, going on a vacation. Let me side note. Vacation is a good way to get to know somebody. Like how they travel, even if it's just a road trip an hour up the way, how you all can travel together, that's a good sign of how well you all might get along in the future. That's super important. That is big facts right there. Okay, you'll see the frustration and how y'all act. Okay, this is super random, y'all, but one time we went out of the country and I had booked the wrong train to go to another city and child, me and my husband had to separate in the train station. I booked the flight. I, I booked the train first. I did something crazy. We were like, I think in like Madrid or something. And we had to like spend some time apart in the train station because it was like an, a couple hours delay. So just just beware. Travel. Go travel with this person you think they don't want because yes. you'll see stuff come up. Yes, definitely. Should we do a quick recap, Dom, so we can get ready for the after show? Let's do it. All right. So tip number one, know your goal. Tip number two, have clear communication about your wants and needs. Tip number three, listen to your body and your instincts. And tip number four, get to know the person. Yay, we did it, Dom. Dom, did you see me looking down? Yeah. 
I'm looking at the baby monitor because I think she's about to get up. So we did it. We recorded our episode. Yay. Yay. Lady, we have well over 100 episodes. So be sure to check the archives. Okay. We talk about mommy issues, daddy issues, infertility, miscarriage, narcissist, and more. So you can literally just Google a keyword along with our podcast name and find what you're looking for. Now, Dom and I are going to go hop on Patreon and talk, uh, record the after show. Also, you can tap into the after show right in app on Spotify or in Apple Podcasts. And the after show is kind of where we like let our hair down and it's going to get a bit more informal. You'll also get a chance to see us on video and might even see the baby because, you know, yeah. mom got to do what mom got to do. So we'll see you over there on Patreon. And thank you for tuning in. Hey, lady. It's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health, but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website, cultivatingherspace.com, and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. Greatness is my birthright, so I no longer ask for permission.